0: You're listening to the AC Wildcats game. I'm Mike Luke, joined by Ben White. William Brad Ellis will maybe be joining us shortly, but Arizona takes care of business today against the uh, University of Washington. Um, there is a lot of good stuff to take away from here. Uh, we're going to uh, get to all of that. Um, but first, Ben, Arizona needed to be able to have a game where they could just take care of business, and they did exactly that against the Washington Huskies. Granted, As uh, Nick Howard said, kind of take the foot off the gas at times, but this is still a game you take.
1: Yeah, and I think it helps, too, when you look at the caliber of what Washington brings and the fact that you lost to Wazoo in the way you did with that team being bigger, trying to slow the tempo down. Washington was the exact opposite. They don't have size. They like to move quickly. They're really bad defensively. And Arizona has shown over the last, uh, you know, four or five months that they play well with those types of teams. They were able to kind of establish the rhythm early. I thought Keisha Johnson had a fantastic game. I would love to see more of those types of performances. 16 points. Ballo as well, getting in the lane easily at the rim. Arizona just really owned the paint. And I just thought they looked a lot more comfortable out there. And it's one of those games where you're at a point in the year where uh, we're coming up on March here. So if you're going to drop a game to Wazoo, you know, 48 hours later, you better come out and you better make a statement. And that's what they did today.
0: That's exactly what they did. And you hit the nail on the head with Keshaw Johnson. Um, he, uh, listen, when he plays well, Arizona is at another level. He is somebody that Arizona 1000% needs to be able to bring it game in and game out. And I'm going to keep going back to that. If Keshaw Johnson plays well, then Arizona is going to play well and there really isn't any reason. And again, I know I sound like a broken record. I get it. But there really isn't a reason that a player that is so much reliant on, um, you know, on hustle, on being able to uh, be around the ball where he needs to be. Keyshaw is that dude. And I, you know, the further and further we get into the season, we were always talking, you know, is Kylin Boswell the X Factor? I think we were missing it right in front of us. I think the X Factor is Keyshaw Johnson because when he plays like that, he is a disruptor of the uh, highest degree.
1: Well, and and he's been doing it for a long time. I mean, this is his fifth year and, and he's shown historically, you know, maybe he's not the best shooter. Granted, he did make some outside shots today, but he's a guy who knows how to get into the lane and he knows how to find his spots and score. And, you know, you saw it tonight. I mean, I think you saw it historically going back to even earlier in the year when they were playing teams, you know, like Duke, like Wisconsin, like Michigan State. Well, he wasn't necessarily scoring, you know, 20 plus points. He was scoring, you know, between 12 and 17 points. And I thought he was impactful on both ends of the court. And that's what this team needs. I think there's a level of there's a there's a lack of energy, I think, over the last couple of weeks. And just when we've seen Arizona struggle in these games, you know, at Oregon State, at Stanford, The energy just isn't there. And while I think Arizona goes as far as somebody like Caleb Love will take them, I think from an energy standpoint, Keyshawn Johnson is the most important player on the team when it comes to that.
0: Yeah, and you know what's wild about it too? And we'll get to Kylan Boswell here in a second. But what's wild about Keyshawn is that everybody feeds off of Keyshawn. You can tell that when he is bringing it it, there is a level, like there was an electricity in McHale today. That's for you, Jeff Goodman, that um, Arizona, you know, that Arizona has had the last couple games, obviously. But man, when Keyshawn is doing that, he just gets everybody going because he's the only player on the roster that I think has that inherent physicality along with that athleticism to be able to, uh, you know, to be able to do what he's doing. It's very, very impressive.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's got the ability to get to the rim. Um, He's got the touch to hit some shots, either a little bit outside or kind of in that mid-range area. And he's quick, too. Like, there was one possession in the first half that really stuck out, and I think it set the tone for the majority of the game for Arizona, where he uh, made a three or a mid-range shot, I forget, and then right down the court immediately, he beats every single Arizona player down the court, and he's blocking um, a Washington shot at the rim right there, which should have been an easy layup for Washington, but he's right there on the other end blocking it. And just that energy is is what this team needs. And I think when you look at what they did today too, right, you look at the, the points in the paint, I mean, 42 points, 10 of 13, I think the start was just pure paint points. So that's the thing with Arizona, right? If they establish themselves inside and play inside out, they can beat any team in the country. The problem we've seen is when they run into a bigger team, when they run into a team that wants to play a little bit more slow um, from a matchup standpoint, things can get a little bit more challenging and they're not able to do that. But a game like this, there's no reason you shouldn't beat Washington in the fashion that you did today. And you would hope that this carries over because Arizona's at a point in the season where, yeah, we probably know where the seed is. We know the region and, and where they're going to be playing in March, but at the same time, Pac-12 tournament is right around the corner. You want to be able to take care of business there and, and move forward. So
0: Brad, again, we're going to get to the second half in a second, but we were talking about Keyshawn leading here, and again, this is something that Arizona needs. When Arizona has Keyshawn Johnson playing like this, this is a really, really – this it's a different team entirely, and again, we're going to get to that, but I want to get William's take on that.
2: Yeah, he came out motivated. He came out as the kind of player that my wife fell in love with during the Red-Blue game. Uh, what, he had three, four block shots in the first half, high energy, took open shots. Um, got back on defense. I thought he looked really fantastic. He was the guy we've been kind of waiting to see for a few weeks here and there. Um, as Arizona has, uh, you know, had some consistency efforts—not only from him but from some other players—but you know, if Keshawn Johnson can play like that, a force on defense, a force on the glass, a comparable,
0: a complementary offensive player, Arizona's going to be in really good shape. All right. Now with uh, Kylan Boswell, listen, Kylan Boswell was much, much better in the uh, second half, and so we got to give him kudos on that. Um, the first half, again. Um, the, uh, yeah, the, uh, um, the first half, he was kind of, uh, I guess he was less than, uh, you know, less than ideal. The second half, he was more engaged. The key for me is being able to get him out there where the, when the game is in doubt playing well, because again, we know that he's capable of it. So I need to see, I would have much rather have seen him do that in the first half than the second half, if that makes any sense.
1: Well, I I think when you look at him and and what he did today, right, and he's obviously struggled, and and we've been having the conversation as to where do his minutes stand? Do you you go to Bradley? Do you make that change? And there were just a number of possessions tonight, especially in that first half today where he got lost on defense or he passed up a wide-open look. I mean, just the confidence is shot, man. And I think you're really in, in an issue, and you have a problem where, there was a possession there in the first half where he he had a wide open look um, and he was initiating the offense. I think he got the ball to Johnson, but he's just standing there on the perimeter and there's not a Washington player within eight feet of him. Right. So that's a problem. Teams don't take him seriously offensively lately. Defensively, he gets lost in screens and he's just not doing the basic things. And again, like I don't think it's a talent thing. I, I don't think it's an ability thing. I just think that there's there's something off there with that energy and that motivation. And, and you saw Lloyd light him up today. I mean, Lloyd never gets visibly. You went Sean the way Miller on him right He there. went crazy on him today. So that's got to tell you there's something going on behind the scenes that maybe we don't know about. And again, you're at a point in the year where this is really crappy to have to be dealing with this because March is coming up. So if you got a problem at starting point guard, um, you know, that that's gonna be an issue for you come tournament time, William.
2: William, can you hear me? Yeah, I mean, I still question why he's the starting point. Yeah, I was muted. Um, why is the starting point guard? I mean, they're better with Bradley on the floor. We saw yeah. that during that middle stretch where they really increased the lead. We saw that in the, the start the second half when Washington went on the little run. They put Bradley back in. Washington was suddenly uh, down 18 again. Um, other than being a creature of habit, and we saw this with loot, where sometimes mm-hmm. he knew his better player was off the bench. Uh, I, I do not understand why Jaden Bradley's not the starter on this basketball team.
0: Yeah, it's something that doesn't make a ton of sense to me either. Um, I don't really know exactly what we're doing, uh, but uh, either way, this was a win. We're gonna there's some good things to take away from this win, and we're gonna get to those as well. Something else that we we need to give somebody some credit that I don't think gets nearly enough credit here, and I've probably been a little bit uh, probably been a little bit remiss in this as well. But one thing that we need to give credit to is the Desert Financial Credit Union, my friends. Desert Financial Credit Union, check it out. All kinds of good stuff going on there. Um, again. It's for the people by the people. And uh let's get to the uh let's get to the desert financial credit union by the number again, by the numbers. Remember, Arizona's number one credit union named by Forbes. Um, this was uh, you know, this this was a game that it was a little bit kind of a tale of two halves to a certain degree, and that Arizona got out to a 23 point lead. Washington got it back, Arizona didn't play as well in the second half, obviously. But overall, um, this is a game that I would take from Ari- I would take for Arizona.
1: Yeah, I mean you you have to, right? And I think the one thing that we've talked about over the course of the week is if Arizona finds itself in a in a predicament like they did on Thursday against Washington State, how do you respond with these quick turnarounds because historically we've seen this year where Arizona loses a game they're not supposed to lose or they just get outplayed in in all aspects of the game, that next game hasn't exactly been impressive. Now, granted Arizona has one coming out, you know, after a loss, but at the same time There hasn't been just that foot-on-the-gas mentality, we're going to beat the crap out of this team. And you have to have that, and I think tonight, I get it. Look, there were some struggles in the second half. It it was closer than it needed to be at one point. It shouldn't have been in the single digits there. But at the same time, Arizona controlled this game. They owned the paint. They shot well. Caleb Love played out of his mind per usual. And I think the one positive for me, and we'll keep coming back to it, and I'd love to see this carry over because – With the situation you have at point guard with Boswell struggling, and it seems that this team isn't quite ready or even willing to turn the reins over to Bradley, you're going to need a second guy to be consistent and step up. And I think that guy, Mike, again, it has to be Johnson. All right, we're going to get to some of those guys. But first, somebody
0: we got to give a lot of credit to that I don't think necessarily gets enough credit is Umar Balow, leader of men. Um. Listen, at the end of the day, this dude is a double-double machine. Seven straight double-doubles. Yes, he has problems in the defensive pick and roll. I get all of that. But Brad, you and I have been watching Arizona basketball a long time. There's not a lot of players that you could just pencil in at a double-double. And he's putting up Ben Davis-type numbers um, where essentially it's 15 and 10 every single game. He has been a really good player for the University of Arizona.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think we're again. I feel like U of A fans and maybe it's fans across basketball are more critical of big guys than any other position. Um, we don't get mad that Kelvin Ethan didn't have game breaking speed, right? right? What was he? He's a power back. Right. Well, Umar Ball is a big plotting big man. Um, he's not uh, Channing Fry, he's not Jordan Hill, but he's a darn good at what he is, and he's a space filler. He gets you a double double. Does he have any game beyond eight feet? No,
0: no. And he never uh, will. And I don't care. Does he have hands like feet? Yeah.
2: Um, does he get winded because he's a 280 pound dude coming up and down the floor? Yeah. He's not Christian Coloca. So if we can accept what he is and know what his limitations are, then sit back and enjoy it. Cause he's really good for what he is. Again, we didn't get mad that, you know, uh, Think of three point shooting guy who didn't take it to the lane. You know, Steve, we didn't get mad that Steve Kerr didn't dunk because right. Steve Kerr can't dunk. Well, Umar Ballo can't, you know, get up and down the floor like Christian Coloco. Um, but what you need is you need the last three week Umar Ballo, and that has been more focused, uh, working his butt off, getting those, what do you have, 14 rebounds today? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's effort. And, you know, again, he might get winded late in those eight minute stretches. But if he's grabbing boards and boxing out and setting picks and great, uh, because right now, as much as I like Crevis, Crevis is a complete step back off the bench. He's a comparable second big, but he's not a guy you can give 15, 20 minutes. So you get your 25 out of Umar, go small for five, put Krivis in for 10 and, and, and write down the check. Cause because between the two of them, you're probably going to
0: be, 18 points to him, 18 rebounds. Yeah, and Ben, that's something that I think, you look around college basketball, there's not a lot of teams that have somebody that can go for 15 and 10 every single game, and that's exactly what he does. Um, It's weird because I'll look up and I'll be like, man, Umar's struggling out there, and he's got 22 and 13 or whatever the yeah. case may be. Now, again, you could say that maybe some of those numbers aren't indicative of the impact and you'd probably be correct. But at the end of the day, his job is still to get rebounds and uh, rebounds and score. And he does it pretty darn well.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's not much you can hold against him when he's putting up numbers like that. I mean, he's, he's averaging 14 and 11 in Pac-12 play this year. So, right. I mean, I mean, how much more can you really get out of a big guy? Yeah. To Brad's point, would you like them to be a little bit more skilled and a little bit more versatile? Yeah. But it's, it's a good problem to have. I just think, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there and hinting at it there with, with impact. And that's the problem, right, is when when Arizona runs into these struggles, right, it, it's going to come more times than not in the in the guard spot. And right. when you're not getting consistent guard play out of, you know, Boswell, out of guys like that, right, that's where you're really running into issues. And I still think Ballow is impactful. He's really good, I think, defensively. Um, he presents some challenges against other bigs, and he matches up decently right i mean granted there are going to be situations where you you come to, to um come to you know terms with a a team that uh, has an athletic forward or a center that's a little bit more versatile is he going to struggle in those matchups sure but at the same time you know he's that steady rock he's going to give you your double digit points and arizona it's no secret right they're going to beat teams by by scoring a lot of points that's just the nature of how they play they like to be fast, they'd like to play up tempo and they, they're they gonna score in the 80s and the 90s um come tournament time. So again, I think he's impactful. And you know it's 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 an advantage that I think this team has because when you look across the top teams in college basketball, you know, outside of maybe Houston and some of these other yeah. big teams, UConn doesn't have a, a big that can that can do that from a scoring perspective, right? And some of these other teams um just something to keep in mind. But he he's huge. Um I'm glad we have him. Is he limited? Yeah. But at the same time, uh this team is not where they are without him either.
0: Umar is also the player that, Brad, you probably, I think a lot of people probably won't realize how impactful he was until he's gone. He feels like he's one of those players where you're like, man, it would be nice to have Umar getting, re- you know, when you're struggling for rebounds or whatever the case may be. I think his legacy here is going to age well.
2: Yeah, I think he's a player who's a, lo- a better version of Caleb Tarzuski. Mm-hmm. Um Tarziski was just a really solid guy for four years. That's why he's one of the winningest players, if not the winningest player uh, in U of A history. And did he live up to his five-star billing? No, Caleb Karczewski did not. Caleb Karczewski was a really good role player. He was a not-quite-as-good version for four years of A.J. Bramlett. right? Um, But he was really good at what he did. Um, And that's what Umar's been. But Umar's gotten a little bit better every year. You will not... You know, Umar's not a guy who can take over the game. He's not Shaq. He's not you know, Bancoot uh, for, from Carolina bank. Uh, but what he is, is he's a guy who Armando is a Baycott. Baycott, They call Ban- <laughs> I was about to go crash band again. <laughs> <Dude. laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, long- it's been a long day already. I've already coached volleyball. I've already done flowing. wells, little league signups. I've already spilled a drink on my microphone. It's, it's a winner of a day. Um, but the fact is, Umar ball is the kind of guy who you don't realize helped you win a championship because right. he's that third guy, that fourth guy. But, yeah, I think he's, again, I think for the most part, fans look favorably upon him. Um, I also just think, again, fans can be hypercritical of Big men. And, I, again, you and I were trying to figure out the one big guy who didn't face criticism, and it might have been Jordan Hill. Um, yeah. Other than that, I remember people who didn't like Channing Fry. He's right. soft. People didn't like uh, you know people
0: hated AJ Bramlett initially. They're like, man, you can't play this guy. You would always hear the uh you would always hear people say, you know, if Arizona had a big man, they could win the national championship in ninety-seven. Well, guess what? Yeah. So right.
2: I think that's just something. People like to be cruel. Again, Caleb Tarzuski was a perfect role player on that team. People just were waiting for him to be a top 25 guy and he just was never that guy.
0: All right. I keep getting asked this question all the time and no, I do not. And I need to make this very clear. People saying, well, i bet you wish he had Kirk Creasa back. No, I don't want Kirk Creasa back. I want nothing to do with Kirk Creasa. And one guy was telling me he's averaging 10 and four at West Virginia. I don't care. Kirk Creasa Kreese- is averaging 10-4 and on one of the worst teams in college basketball. I do not want him. Somebody else can have him. This whole revisionist history thing about wanting Kirk Kreese back, no thanks. Somebody else can have him. Ben, I can see you disagreeing.
1: (laughs) No, I actually agree with you. Um, And the reason being right is despite the fact that Boswell is struggling, you know when Boswell is playing his A game that he is better than Kirk Kreese. Right. right. He brings more to the table defensively. I think offensively, he's a lot more athletic. He can make shots more consistently than Kerr because, look, Kerr can hit some shots, but man, is he inconsistent. And outside of that, when he's not hitting shots, there's not a whole lot he can do. And I get Boswell has struggled. And I get that we're in a position where you probably need to go to Bradley at this point. But at the same time, he has shown us glimpses, you know, early in the season. That Duke game comes to mind. I mean, he was unbelievable on the right. defensive end and he was a big reason as to why they won that game so yeah I, th- I think that boswell brings a little bit more um i think it's really easy to sit here and hype on the past and say you could have should have would have done that with a player but uh Kerr's and I don't gone it. And I don't doesn't matter it doesn't matter at this point
0: point. and speaking of which kirk creates a K's. you know what with his shooting percentage i doubt that he's been to circle k my friend i doubt he's also part of the inner circle we probably agree with this i would hope so okay Join Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app today. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details and some burrows. Ben, have you been to some boroughs before? I have not. Tell me all about it. William, you've been to some boroughs, have you not? And you said, was it good? If you didn't like it, don't say it. Brad, you uh you muted yourself, but that's okay. All right. I know Let's,
2: Tyler's eating Girl Scout
0: cookies in the background. And I'm trying to keep it silent. I know, listen, man. When you got <laughs> the next when you got the next Raymond Polito right there, you do what you gotta do. All right, let some burrows cater your next meal, big or small, order online or find one near you by visiting someburrows.com. All right, Seth Davis um was saying that there's no way that Arizona's a number one seed. Seth Davis is a buffoon. Because again, you look at almost every bracketologist, they all have Arizona at a one seed. Scott Schlittenhart, the great Scott Schlittenhart, very good point putting that up there. Ben One White also messaged me that during the game. Listen, call it, people always focus on Arizona's flaws, this, that, and the other. Here's the point, if Arizona wins out or they might even be able to drop a game, guess what? Arizona's probably going to get a number one seed, deal with it.
2: Can someone explain to me how that guy has made himself a prominent college basketball person? Because he doesn't seem to know college basketball. It's, it's wild. And he's been a staple for, what, 20 years now? And I know he used to write for SI or maybe still I don't even know what SI is anymore. But And maybe he's a really good writer, like technical writer. But if I'm looking at college basketball guys, you know, everyone from like Borzello and all those guys, there's a... There's a Um, massive Andy Katz. Andy Katz, great. And even when I don't agree with them, I understand where they're coming from. I look at Seth Davis, and when he's talking and on those CBS shows, especially, I'm like, Barkley gives more insights, and Barkley just makes stuff up.
1: (laughs) Barkley doesn't even watch until March. No, Barkley's
2: like, I'll take Arizona. They're not terrible. Um, But Barkley admits (laughs) it, though. I give him credit for that. But I don't get Seth. What's his claim to fame? Like, has I don't he ever know. made a, that bold prediction? Did he pick NC State in the in the 80s? Or I don't know. Because at least some of these guys, you know, Lenardi was just the first to do it. And he's pretty good. But, you know, there are guys who are better. But I don't mind Lenardi because he's good enough. But Seth Davis, there's never like, I'm like, oh, I never thought of that.
0: Right. Right. No, there's none none of that. But again, I also, you know what I also annoys me about Seth Davis is that he's also the guy that I think tries to like be a little, you know, try to put out the contrarian view just to be able to, you know, oh, well, you know, Seth Davis said that, dude, look at every bracketologist. They're all saying that Arizona right now is the number one seat. You're the only one not saying that you could have looked at any bracketologist. You could have even asked me and I could have told you that Ben one
1: white. Yeah, well, you know what they say. There's no, there's no consequences for being wrong. So um, that's the nature of his work, I guess.
0: All right, Mr. Tyler Warden, the great Mr. Tyler Warden. I love you, but you were definitely wrong on this one. This team's potential is the greatest of any team in Arizona history. Now, 2001 would smoke this team. Um, let's. 2001 was better at every single position. Correct, Brad? I mean, and again, Tyler, you're the man. I steal a lot of your information, and I don't probably uh, credit you, but 2001. Uh, is the best team in school history, and they were better at every position.
2: I'm trying to think if they're... 98 was better. Yeah, because even Caleb loves the best player on this team, and
0: Gilbert's better. Gilbert's better. Uh Jason Gardner was better than, um uh, well, Kylan Boswell. Yeah. Um, uh, Richard Jefferson, Jefferson is better than better Pella. Pella. Michael Wright's better than Keyshawn, and yeah. uh, Lauren Woods is better than Umar Ballo, leader of men. Plus, coming off the bench, he had Luke Walton. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, but again, Tyler Warden, keep keep giving me the info, though, man, because you are much smarter than me. I just disagree with you here.
2: No, it's just this to me is more like some of those early or late '80s, early '90s, early 90s teams, teams
0: mulebach type teams
2: that were really good teams could earn that one or two seed, but you just didn't know what you were going to get. Right. Um, but if you're looking at this team compared to '88,
0: '89. All right, Mr. Tyler Warren again. Uh, he said, let me rephrase, best in post-loot era. Um, I don't know that I agree with that, but that's clo- That's closer. 14-15. Definitely- yeah. 14-15 is better. Other than that, I think he's right. Yeah. This team,
2: I think, beats the 11 Elite 8 team. The, this team beats Tommy's team two years ago. Yeah, uh, I agree so, that. yeah, I agree. I would agree with Tyler on that. Yes, post-loot. Post-2005, I'd even maybe go.
0: Right. So, okay. now uh, we need to talk about the bench, though, because the bench is um, the bench is now becoming a little bit of a concern. And again, this was definitely uh, pointed out there. K.J. Lewis is struggling right now. K.J. Lewis is not playing good basketball. He's fouling a lot when he comes into the game. He's not playing great. Uh, Jaden Bradley. I like Jaden Bradley. I wish that he would start, actually. Uh, But Mount Crevis, like, uh, you know, Brad said also is kind of a he's a he's a massive step backwards he didn't appear to be earlier in the season uh, Ben and this bench was something that I think a lot of people were kind of banking on we need to get the bench back we need to get the bench right
1: well I think you're at a point in the year too where there's just so much going on especially in that starting lineup and I think the, the big elephant in the room is Boswell and part of me thinks that just kind of trickles down to the rest of this team but no you're absolutely right I mean Lewis did not look comfortable out there he was fouling a lot, no points. I mean, Mount Kriebus, same thing, right? And and Mount Crevis is a guy you're going to need because Ballo does not match up with every single big, especially in college basketball. Come tournament time, we've talked about it. More athletic teams, teams with quicker, um, with slower paces, it's going to be tough, and you need Crevis to be able to go in there and at least have some confidence in and you're at a point where he passes the eye test, right? He's able to go in there, be productive, get you some points defensively. He's blocking he's blocking some shots maybe one day and, and getting some rebounds. But yeah, you're, you're going to need this bench because um Love, as good as he is, I mean, the problem is, right, outside of Love and Ballo, I mean, in this starting lineup, And I guess Larson to a degree, there's still two guys in that starting lineup where you just don't know what you're going to get every game. And that's, and that's key shot in, Boswell. So you're going to need some productivity there from the bench. And and they've got to get to a point where, you know, we're, we're almost here in March. You got to get comfortable. You got to come in and and make an impact when you're in the game. Vegas
0: Allen. I love you, even though you were taking shots at me in the YouTube comments and on Shear's board, but we still like you, my friend. Okay. Now, um, but yeah, that's a big part of it. Uh that's a big part of it, too, is that this bench just needs to be it needs to be more consistent. And this was a game that I was hoping. And she was mentioning this pretty much all season that um that creavis is was kind of the equalizer coming off the bench because not a lot of people had somebody like Crevis coming off the bench at seven foot two that could play. But that leads me to something else, William Brad Alice. You've been calling for more poly M and for more um uh Philly B. Make the case.
2: Well, first I want to say, and, I, and I'll admit, I was watching the game at at, uh, at a location on a screen above my house. I did that, man. Come on, so you did I didn't post
0: game see- shows for like five years where you guys weren't even watching the game and handing a microphone back and forth to each <laughs> other. That is true. We had to listen to some radio broadcasters. But my my thing
2: is, and Krevits hasn't been great, but didn't he give you enough today? I mean, won't you take four point seven rebounds? I mean, true, but I yeah, you know yeah. What, maybe and again. Go ahead, sorry. That's it. he hasn't been consistently that guy, but I think today he and Bradley gave you what you needed from the bench. KJ Lewis is another thing, and I think Lewis and Crevis to a lesser extent all hit. The, we always see the freshman wall in, in February, I think they're, they've hit it. Um, so hopefully they can get that second win because if they can't, then yeah, Arizona has some death pumps. My thing with Polly M and uh Philly B, if Arizona decides to go more zone to guard against the three, because that's their bugaboo is the three. Then I would not have a problem seeing one of those guys playing on the wing to give you length to throw at shooters. Do I want to see those guys playing 15, 20 minutes a game? No. But if you're facing a team, especially early rounds of the tournament with a bunch of, you know, six, three guys who can shoot and not much more, go zone, throw some length at them. Um, cause you can still outscore them with with those guys. Do I Art- want to again, do I want to see those guys supplant KJ Lewis in the lineup? No. Boswell, you could talk me into, Uh, but no, but again, I wouldn't mind going, as I say, eight and a half deep on the, uh, the rotation
0: if you're using those guys for length. Okay, by the way, we got a super snap that just came in. Just wanted to say, back the A, have a good day, AZ, Cats, G, $2 super snap. We had like $300 in super snaps a couple weeks ago. They were just $50 were coming in left and right. I love how Um, you call
1: them super snaps. They're super chats, but here on this show, they're super snaps. We
0: call them super snaps. I know what it is now, but for for about a year and a half, I legitimately thought they were something else. I will not change, as uh, as Ben White knows. Uh, I'm very stuck in my way. Are they Bancoot super snaps? Oh, the Bancoot was great. That was almost as good as <laughs> Dallin Terry, which you still do. Yeah, you it's Dalen. Come on, Brad. That's you're they say. Right. I don't say Bard Alice. Okay. Eh, all <laughs> right. But, you
2: could, but if you, but you call me William, that, but that's your name. Yeah. is it? That's
0: not your. That's not it's your on vote? my. It's on my. It's on my legal documents. But is it really my name? All right, now there is some. It is your name. There is something that take that up with Arthur Alice, not me. All right, now, um, I want to get to something. The experience that I'm all for. By the way, Saul Bookman put something out very funny the other day where he said uh, he called it the Bowl Bowl Experience, which I uh, believe he stole from the Caleb Love Experience. But Mm. the Bowl Bowl Experience is something that I'm all
1: in on. I like watching Bowl Bowl a great
0: deal. But what should we knock off here first? Oh, Empire Flooring. Ben One White. What kind of flooring do you have, Empire?
1: Well, Empire, obviously.
0: I mean, let's be honest here. Who doesn't? Um, All right. Check it out. Empire flooring, my friends. Empire flooring. Um, You got all kinds of good stuff going on with these folks. You can schedule a free in-home estimate today. All listeners can receive $350 off discount when they use promo code PHNX. Restrictions apply. See EmpireToday.com slash PHNX for details and... Uh, let's see PHNX events. Uh, if, uh, Eric Ruby, if you could pull up the takeover for the Tempe takeover, we got one of these going on and when we got one of these going on Wednesday up in Tempe, get your tickets only a couple left. We'll also be having a tap and bottle watch party down here as well. So again, PHNX all over the place for the people by the people, check it out. Okay. Now, Caleb love just went over 2000 points. Um, I'm all for it, and I know I'm going to be made fun of here. I'm all for the Caleb Love experience. The one thing that I don't like about the Caleb Love experience is the missing of the dunks. That bothers me a great deal. But this is also one of the better scores that we've seen at the U of A. Maybe not one of the most efficient, but he's one of the more naturally (laughs) gifted scores that we've seen at Arizona. And he's, like I said, he's a guy that wants the ball down the stretch. We need to properly appreciate him, William.
2: Absolutely. And again, I can take the experience for what it is. And you look at it, he's a volume shooter, volume score. But his efficiency is not awful. It's not great. But today he was, what, 50% behind the arc?
1: 5 for 10,
2: I know yeah. at one point he was 4 of 5, so eh, he cooled off. What do you have, 20 points at the half? Um, yeah, he when he is going, he's going. Now you're going to have to put up with heat checks. One of them was great. He had the 22 footer with the guy, not necessarily hand in the face, but his face was in his chest and he drained it. Then he had one a little later, clanked it. Um, but I can live with that um, if I'm going to get 28 points, if I'm going to get, what do you have? Seven rebounds today, I think. Yeah, it was. And he had
0: some, And he's not a bad passer. I know that people wished he would pass more, but he's not a bad passer though either, William. He had five assists. No, he had three turnovers, but
2: overall, I will take all those numbers. You know, I I know there's what bird scores and some of these other metrics. I'm going to guess his metrics were pretty good today.
0: Right. Uh, uh, Ben, you're one of the, you speak for the younger generation. Um, Caleb love. Are you guys all in on the Caleb love experience?
1: I I don't think you got a choice at this point because God knows where Arizona would be without Caleb love. Um, right? Um, Right. Nine for 19 tonight, five for 10. I mean, look to Brad's point, is he the most efficient? No, but I think he's, Arguably, and I have to look it up, but part of me wants to think that he's playing the most efficient basketball he's played in his entire career.
0: It's not even close. And it's not even
1: close, right? We had Doug Gottlieb on the show
0: (laughs) and uh, Gottlieb was talking about how he thought that he would be a lot better under Tommy Lloyd because Hubert Davis just just runs high pick and rolls for uh, college players that are not uh, necessarily capable of doing that with everybody looking at him. Caleb Love. And again, Caleb Love's got to be the uh, he's got to be the conference player of the year. I can't even think of anybody that's close. Am I uh, unless I'm missing something?
1: No, no, he's, he's definitely the conference player of the year. And I think what's good about him, right. And the fact that he, came here you know shows you two things right I think he wants to get better for the pro level and I think he came to reality with the fact that hey you know my my mo is that I'm not an efficient player I'm kind of a ball hog and I I need to change that so that's one and two you know you come to play with a team like this obviously that's competing for a national title um you mean business and well I think the passing Uh, critique is there i I totally hear that but i I think he's a fine passer i just think that when the ball is in his hands you know it's meant to be shot right and you're going to cringe you're going to be excited it's going to be high it's going to be low because that shot either is going to go in or it's or it's not and this team needs that clutch factor it it needs somebody who's willing to have the ball in their hands because we've seen you know over the last last few years wanted the ball That's where I'm going with that. Right. In the Princeton game in that second half, nobody on this Arizona team wanted to be aggressive. Nobody wanted to score. Caleb Love is not going to lose to Princeton, a team like that. I'll tell you that much right now. And while Arizona has its challenges and it's certainly not a perfect team, when you have a guy on that team who has been there at the highest level, he knows what it takes. He has that instinct. um, You're going to be in a better spot than not. William, I see you salivating.
2: No, I was, uh, I had to mute because my daughter's mad that uh, I bought ice cream and ate it and didn't share with her. So oh,
0: I don't, I don't, Because I'm don't the like Caleb love of ice cream. I was going to say, not. Go. yeah, I, I get that. But again, this team also is, uh, listen, I mean, I get p- people all the time. They're like, well, the offense is a little bit more, uh, you know, stagnant with him out there, this and that, that to me is not on him. That's on Tommy Lloyd. That's on other players. If you're going to stand around and watch that's on you, because again, here's the other thing. Um, And this was brought up on a uh, this was brought up on a uh, on a a Shears board. And I'm going to take credit for it. I don't know even who brought it up. But Pella, first of all, we're going to talk about Pella driving. I like Pella when he drives. Um, But Pella is kind of a passive dude. Pella passes up open three point shots. Boswell doesn't want anything to do with the ball. Caleb's not really a uh, or not Caleb. uh, Jaden's not really a shooter. Um, obviously KJ Lewis is a freshman who, who exactly is he stifling? That's my point that I keep coming back to fellas. They,
2: they, they're one of the most efficient offenses in the nation, right? That's the thing I don't, I, I at the end of the day. And again, I know metrics don't always tell the story. What we see is not always what we get from the numbers. What are they top 15 in, in score in offensive efficiency or offensive right. numbers? And they have
1: been all year. Yeah.
2: And well, yes, he sometimes will take a 20-foot uh, three-pointer or a 22-footer. They also had amazing ball movement at times today. Right. And now maybe some of that is Pella being passive or Boswell not one to you. But the ball gets moved around. There was one, I think they had seven perimeter passes before a guy drained an open three. Um, so, yeah, I don't – at times he can become a black hole. But we've also seen some Arizona teams where no one wanted the ball. So – I, I'm again, I've signed up for I'm fully in on the Caleb Love experience. If that means he's a black hole at times, great. If that means he misses the game winning shot, at least he's getting the shot off because we've seen when, when they don't. And yeah, I, so I'm, I'm fine with what I've seen from that. Again, my biggest concern with this team it's toughness and perimeter defense and that has right, no. little to do with Caleb
0: Love and has to do with a lot of other and that's time. why you want Philly B in because when we think about perimeter defense and we think about guys that can really stifle the competition that's where you want Philly B in there this is correct Brad
2: only if they're running zone but yes <laughs> i will take him in the zone with that length
0: right you know okay yes exactly let's see here um what Andrew Pell up yes this is this is a good point this is a good point that's why i rely on all of you guys because you're getting much smarter than me obviously Um, but Pella, Pella is a key as our key to success. When Pella scores and plays with aggression, we're more likely to win. I like, listen, man, I've made fun of Pella for not being able to dribble. When Pella takes two to three dribbles and gets to the basket, you're right. I mean, he is a, um, he's, he's a real, I mean, he's a real difference maker, Ben one white.
1: Well, I think he is offensively. It's it's kind of been refreshing to see. I mean, when you look at what he's done over the last um seven games, four out of the seven, you know, he's been in double digit scoring figures. And we're talking, you know, 17 points, 27, 18, 17. So he is aggressive, and you know, he's been a guy, I think, that to your point, he's he's sold himself short a little bit and he's finally, I think, coming to a point where you gotta come out of that shell because you're not getting it from Boswell. Um, Bradley, while well, I think can be a lot better offensively, he's still not at a point where he's either not given the opportunity or he's still developing into the type of player that he is. So, um, yeah, you've got to look to him to, to make some shots and, and keep Arizona in some of these games and, and provide that consistency. And you talk about doing it on both ends. I mean, he's indicative of that. I think defensively, he, he takes that to heart, and he's a really good defensive player, and that's what this team needs because if this team's not playing defense, to Brad's point – Um, you're going to run into a lot of situations where, you know, maybe that opposing team in the first or second round is going to shoot 55, 50% from three. And at that point, we've seen the story. We know Arizona probably loses that game. So it it translates to every other aspect of, I guess, where Arizona is trying to focus and, and where they're trying to play strategically, because somebody like him can just do so much more. And I'm glad to see that he's finally realizing that.
0: All right, everybody be nice to Philly B, though. Listen, there, there's no reason for cheap shots. There's no reason for any of this. Brad wants to see more Philly B as kind of a Reggie Geary type out there, and I don't really blame Brad for one. I don't necessarily agree with that, but Brad, Brad's making the case for Philly B as kind of that glove, that Gary Payton type out.
2: Yeah, you are, you should join a political party at Twisting Words, Michael.
0: Oh, I never do that. Come on, man. I never do that. Okay. Now, Arizona. Now, we're in a weird spot here, Arizona fans. You need to listen here. I am rooting for ASU tonight. Um, This happens very, very rarely, but I'm rooting for ASU Um, because we need Washington State to lose a game. If we need Washington State to lose a game, I don't like the split conference tie thing. None of that. Any of that. I want to go out of here. I want to go out of this conference with my middle finger up saying we want it. I don't want to tie. I know this is really weird. We need Arizona to win, or Arizona State to win this game. I know I'm, guys. Am I being stupid here? You all tell me as well. Uh, Yes, Jervis Williams, you are correct. Jervis Williams, go ahead, Brad. Go ahead, or uh, Benjamin.
2: I mean, it it helps Arizona obviously, and at some point, you know, do you want Arizona to win the final Pac-12 championship? And if you do, then you need Washington State to lose uh, one more game than Arizona does the rest of the way. And that would mean a good first start would be losing to ASU. And, uh, you know, ASU, again, they're the rival. They suck, but they're not the real rival. I mean, that's UCLA.
0: Yeah, they're not a real rival. Come on, man. We can use them. They can be useful idiots for a game. How about that, Ben?
1: They're the village idiots, huh? That's how you want to look at them. I mean,
0: we'll take it though, man. Sometimes you come across people that you just got to utilize, and just say, "Listen, man, we need you for a reason." But other than that, we still don't like you. That's what's happening with ASU tonight. We need. Man, uh, you, we you've
1: need... you've uncovered our entire friendship there, Mike Luke. I can't believe you finally figured it out.
0: Yeah, I know. You know, it's one of those things. Look at Ben White with the little little poke right there. Um, let's see. Wouldn't look as good from a national standpoint. Don't care. Um, I need Arizona to win the champion or I need Arizona to win the conference because that's what will uh, bother me more is if a conference it is. Let's be honest here stinks. Uh If Arizona doesn't win that, that looks an even uh, worse view in my opinion. Drones for bones, by the way, drones for bones is a great, great name. Um, UCLA and Mick will cheat as usual. There will be. I'm sure there's going to be cheating for sure, but um, that'll be it. That'll be another animal. All right. Now, Um Arizona to me. And again, I'm going to keep saying this. Um, this was a game that Arizona was always in control, but I would still like to see a 30 point victory at some point. I believe we deserve a 30 point victory. Arizona was much better than them. Um, I need uh, just keep putting your pedal, just keep putting the pedal to the metal and we're going to be okay. Fellas. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, you'll take
2: a double figure, high double figure win anytime you can get, but we all saw there were chances for this to be the 30 and, they just kept letting Washington make these little runs. 10-0 here, 7-0 there. Um, you know, it wasn't the full second half meltdown that we've seen from Arizona a few times, but there was enough of these little things where you look up and you're like, at some point there were several times I'm like, how are they only up 10? And other times I'm like, yeah. how are they not only up 10 um, when they were up 20? So it was an inconsistent effort by Arizona and frankly an inconsistent ability by Washington who has a couple of nice players and the rest are meh um but yeah yeah i have no problem with what was it end up being 16 17 point win but at the same time would much rather had it be a 27 point win
0: ben do you ever use prize picks
1: i don't tell us all about it
0: all right prize picks all kinds of really really good stuff for prize picks now get into the nba we got the nba coming up um let's hear all right now all kinds of good stuff with prize picks now hold on where is the disclaimer at okay um All right, go to prizepicks.com slash PHNX and use code PHNX for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash PHNX and use code PHNX. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All kinds of good stuff. Um it's a demon of a time on Prize Picks. You can now win up to 100 times your money with as little as 4 correct picks. You can turn $10 into a thousand. Demons and goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. You can now win up to 100 times your money. Check it out. You will thank me later. All right. On that note though, we're going to sign off. We did good work today. Everybody out there appreciates you guys as always. William Brad Alice, you stay out of trouble. Ben One White, you keep making plays. And uh, go ASU tonight. Bear down. Back the A. We'll be back with you on Monday. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats postgame.
2: We sitting like the mayor. it's more complex than the solar system but all it takes is a
0: few clicks and it's miro i've used those technical shape packs way too many times and stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas
2: now the final question everyone's brought in but you have to make all these tasks all the way over in jira
0: but wait it's done is it miro easy with its two-way jira sync easy to plot dependencies everyone always knows what's up and she's done it join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches get your our first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M I R O.com.